1: This program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal too. We're going to have nothing but propaganda in many of our schools.
0: I've seen teachers tell children that they are girls trapped in boys' bodies. Remember, the Bible speaks extensively about a coming lawlessness For the most part, it was far-left agitators pushing the violence.
1: You know, our founders told us there's only one way to keep a free republic. You have to have a well-educated and moral citizenry. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news articles and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles on our website, of course, but also on the American Family Association blog, The Stand, at news.com and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to check out all the resources we have for parents and grandparents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Today, we are going to talk to someone who has been on the real front lines for years because he is very involved in fighting the culture wars, and he's a pastor, a leading pastor known at the state and national level for over 20 years. Pastor J.C. Church is founder and lead pastor of Victory in Truth Ministries, a growing multicultural church birthed in the September in September of 1997. It's a non-denominational independent church of around 600 people, located in Bucyrus, Ohio. He has a passion for leaders and leadership principles, so Pastor Church gives counsel and covering to many ministries and churches throughout the country. He's president and CEO of Three Cord Alliance, and this is part of mentoring and a hands-on mentorship with practical resources and so on to churches and and uh, pastors, and he is also serving as National Director of Ministry Engagement for Family Research Council Networking Churches to answer the call on moral issues. Welcome, Pastor Church, to Mission America Radio. Well, thank
0: you, Linda. It's an honor to be with you and be on your program today. Thank you for your leadership.
1: Well, thank you for yours. You and I have been in a number of uh, meetings at the state level uh, a number of times, and I think this is the first time you've been able to be on my show, and I am so grateful. Um, Let's start off. (laughs) Let's start off by if you tell our listeners a little bit about why you, as a pastor, became convicted to start mentoring other pastors.
0: Yeah, sure. You know, it it began when we started our church uh, 23 years ago. I literally thought pastors knew and understood and embraced that the church is the consciousness of the nation. Uh, I was shocked and stunned as I began to preach the, the whole counsel of God's Word to see that moral issues had been hijacked politically to the point that faith leaders felt they were political when in fact they were moral. And so mm-hmm. I, I really felt strongly that uh, where our country was going uh, when we started our church, that we really needed faith leaders, faith influencers to begin to preach the whole counsel of God's word and to be engaged and be involved. So we've created that culture in our church. We, we don't know anything but engaging and speaking up on the issues. And from that, I, I launched the Wake 88, which was an effort for me to find out if there was at least one Bonhoeffer in each of the 88 counties in Ohio. I mean, we've got 17,000 churches in our state, 88 counties, 11.7 million people. So about a dozen years ago, I set my heart towards trying to find those like-minded, kingdom-thinking Bonhoeffers in each county, and and it's turned into quite an extensive network of guys who've answered the call.
1: That is fantastic. You are really speaking... To my heart, because um, when I started Mission America 25 years ago, my thought was surely if more people understood and there was an, another voice out there, at least my minor voice to the extent I could be a voice, churches and people would get involved, um, it, you know, and then uh, we would spread the word and I would just be a con- contributor here. And I was stunned to find out how many both church leaders and citizens who ought to be called themselves Christians ought to be involved, just backed away and said, Oh, well, you know, that's political. You just can't get involved in that because it's politics. And I'm going, wait, 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 no, this is a moral yeah. issue. The Bible speaks to And that's just what you just said, right? That's, that's the issue, isn't it? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The issue, you know, we can't preach a message that's moral, not moral in nature. And and what we've allowed to happen is we've lost control of the narrative. We've become the puppet and not the puppet master, and the moral issues have become so politicized that we even have pastors who think they're political, and somehow it's a badge of honor, uh, a a, a state of political correctness that we shy away from those issues from fear of maybe losing people. And so our silence is an endorsement, and our avoidance (laughs) is an acceptance. Yes. And so it is absolutely imperative in this most serious moment in time in history that sadly before our eyes, we're seeing a separation of hirelings and prophets, true and false, and that that, that it's not an issue of being too political. This has now become an issue of being too biblical.
1: Right. Oh, seriously. What do you think what, you know, in the last few months so much has happened, and of course we have the COVID situation and that's another whole issue, yeah. but the, the, then on top of that, we have the riots and the looting, and what, what do you what is your reaction? I'm just going to open that just in a general sense, and we can talk about it more specifically, but what do you think? Well, it breaks my heart to see what's
0: happening right now. I, I, I think that the, that the line of distinction is becoming so obvious that pastors and faith leaders cannot hide any longer. Your non-action is an action. Uh, It reminds me of a verse I use a lot in Isaiah 56, 9 through 12. says, all the beasts of the field come to devour all the beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind and ignorant. They are dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. They are greedy dogs which never have enough. They are shepherds that cannot understand. They look to their own way, everyone, for his gain, for his quarter, Come ye say they, I will fetch wine and we will fill ourselves with strong drink and do the same tomorrow. This is a spiritual indictment from heaven towards faith leaders today. Pressure that we're facing today does not kill us, it reveals us. And we have watchmen who are ignoring it, they're ignorant. We have shepherds that do not understand the moment and the hour that we're in, and it's a crying shame to see that we're we're losing this nation. This is a critical hour that boils down to really uh, a line of distinction between a culture of life and death, socialism versus capitalism, and true and false. And our pastors and faith leaders have fell off the wall as watchmen, and we better get a remnant back up on that wall. And I liken it to this. These crisis moments are like an alarm clock, And when there's a crisis that happens and a tragedy that happens, the alarm clock goes off and the tragedy alters the trajectory of our schedules for a short period of time. And the alarm clock awakens us. It gets our attention. But after a few weeks of madness, we hit the the snooze button and go back to sleep. I believe these are moments where the alarm needs to create an awakening, that we know we're awake when we begin to create a verifiable alliance an alliance of like-minded, passionate, patriotic, prophetically caring people who answer the call to create then an action plan. If not, we just keep repeating the cycle. So this is a a dangerous moment. It is a defining moment. It's a a revealing moment that I believe is is more critical than anything we've ever seen. And uh, uh, when we see the looting and the lawlessness and the godlessness, I guess if you look at it from this perspective, when we take a a generation and rip the Word of God and prayer and strip all that's God and good from the consciousness of man, what's left is the beast, greedy nature of man. And we know that there are those who have nothing but ill in mind for our country, our nation, and the threats to our faith, family, and freedom have never been more real. And I, for one, as a pastor, believe that the pastors are part of the problem and the solution at the same time. And our last best hope for America is a genuine awakening of our faith leaders, who still have the opportunity to steward influence and awaken
1: their people to be engaged. Absolutely, that is so eloquently said. And I, I want to make sure that if people are just joining us, that you know uh, you're tuned into Mission America Radio with Linda Harvey, and our guest today is Pastor J.C. Church who is the lead pastor of Victory in Truth Ministries from Bucyrus. He's also connected at the national, the state and national level to networks of uh, pastors and to family research council um, in uh, networking churches. And what I want to ask you, Pat, you, what you said is like, I, there are so many ways I could take off on this. The alarm clock thing is absolutely right. I mean, we, don't you I see this as the sheep and the goats. I mean, it's definitely you're in one camp or the other. And the people who are going with the uh I would say the wicked camp uh, are being blinded further and further and further. People talk about it as like the Democrats have gotten further and further left and further and further radical uh, or are responding to their their most radical elements. It's, of course, bigger than just Democrats, but I would say that kind of summarizes it. But do you see it as a sheep and goat kind of situation? Oh, there's no question about it. I really do. I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it, there's a
0: revealing taking place that is, is painful, but yet it's prophetic. Uh, let me give you just a really quick story. I, I remember uh, preaching at a UIP event in Dallas. I had the unfortunate task of following uh, our dear friend, uh, Jim Garlow. And I got on the plane flying home and thinking, what am I going to preach on Sunday? And the Lord spoke to my heart, read the story of Gideon. And I, and I said, Lord, I've preached it every direction I can. And the Holy Spirit said, I didn't ask you to preach it. I asked you to read it. So I read it again, and I'm a crier by nature. I just get very emotional about things, and so I was crying. And I remember that year specifically, Linda, because I'd spoke 257 times that year. When I say I'm all in on this war, I'm all in on this war. And I got on the so I'm just going to go home, get on my Harley-Davidson and go for a ride. We're, we're, we're losing. We're swimming upstream. And I read that, and I wrote the obvious things down when we read the story of Gideon, which was, you know, the first 22,000 to go home were the cowards. The next group to go home, some 9,700, were the careless because they care less. And the remnant left was the courageous remnant. It's a Gideon's Army moment. But what I wrote in my journal next set the trajectory and encouraged me that when we landed in Columbus, I was ready to run around that plane. And here's what I wrote that we would enter into a season of a divine revealing, a revealing of true and false, the separation you're referring to. Then we would enter into a divine reduction. And no one really liked that idea, especially in ministry, the concept of a divine reduction. I mean, Gideon's mega church shrunk very quickly to 300. Then there was number three, the divine revelation that God's going to have a remnant of people who put their ear to his bosom and he will download an end time strategy, a divine revelation where a remnant, a band of Bonhoeffers, a Gideon's army will get a download from heaven and 300 will slay 125,000. Wow. So we are, the, we are responsible to stand and, and release truth. We are not responsible for the result. And I'll tell you, I pillow my head, Linda, and challenge our pastors across America. If you can pillow your head and answer this question, did I do all I could with what I had where I was today? If the answer is yes, I pillow my head and say, God, I'm trusting you because with the eye of the flesh, things look very difficult. But I'm encouraged with the eye of faith to know that God will get the glory and maybe, just maybe, God is using – this current challenge on a global basis to apprehend and arrest the hearts of leaders and mankind alike.
1: And, you know, and my fear is, and then you're absolutely, uh, wow, very prophetic in what you're saying. Uh, My fear is that it it will get quite a bit worse. There's going to be more uh, dividing and more difficult circumstances in America. We've been very comfortable um, we we are about uh, we are coming up on a break here in just a second, and I want to make sure people know we're talking with Pastor J.C. Church, who is the lead minister of Victory in Truth Ministries in Bucyrus, Ohio. But he is connected all over the country as well, and is a very sought after speaker and has been quoted in many media. And we're talking about what's happening, how can churches uh, network uh, together in these difficult times? What should pastors be doing? This is a momentous time, friends. I urge you to talk to your own pastors. We will talk more about that in the second segment. But I urge you to talk to your own pastors and be convicted yourself about what is your role as things get more and more difficult in America. This is Linda Harvey on Mission America Radio. Stay with us and we will return right after these messages don't go away. Today's program is pre recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. We're talking today about what churches and pastors to, could do to get involved to respond to the current crisis, and it is a crisis that we are seeing in America. I'm talking with Pastor J.C. Church, who is the lead pastor of Victory and Truth Ministries in Bucyrus, and he is also networked nationally, a quite well known speaker. He is director of ministry engagement for Family Research Council, also in Washington. Uh, Pastor Church, we were talking before, uh, you know, I feel like we are being manipulated. A grand manipulation is going on. When you see uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, for instance, um, that so many churches are going along with, and even quoting that phrase, without any discernment or my fear is that there is they know what these folks stand for and they're still going along with it because it's very popular but this group does not stand for true racial reconciliation or really anything else that christians ought to be supporting they want to first of all defund the police and leave communities without protection so they are lawless they want to um Uh, dismantle the what they call the western nuclear family as if other parts of the world don't have nuclear families this is directly a direct direct, uh, moral attack on the foundations of our country and it goes on from there they're pro-abortion they're anti-semitic there's nothing about this group that people should be supporting why are we allowing ourselves to be manipulated and what can we do
0: well, no, you're, you're 100% correct in your assessment uh, uh, just now. What I would uh, say is, in, uh, it makes me think of Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, where in the first three verses, Jesus sits on, is sitting on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples ask him about his return, and he says in the fourth verse, take heed, let m- no man deceive you. And many of us preach the rest of the chapter on the wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, famines, etc. but the answer to the question is singular. They asked, what would be the sign of thy return? He said, take heed, let no man deceive you. One of the Mm -hmm. signs of the ends of the age is the deception that will be poured out on the innocent and the ignorant. We lack a biblical worldview. We've had history rewritten. We should never, ever rewrite our history, never erase history, embrace history, so you can be empowered by history, good, bad, and the ugly, so we can be better and not bitter. We're living in a time of massive deception, and fake news. It's the same game plan that Potiphar's wife uh, used on Joseph. It's the same false witnessing and deception that Jezebel used to get Naboth's vineyard. And it's also the same uh, game plan that was played in Exodus chapter one, when the Bible says the new king came to Egypt. And look what he said. The Bible says in verse eight through eleven, he said, "Look at Israel. They are mightier than we are." Let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass, if we go to war, they unify and get up out of the land, and freedom come. So what did they do? They put taskmasters, fake news, walking human billboards at various locations, so when the people of God would look at them, it would reinforce the I can't and I'm a slave mentality. Mm -hmm. So the good news for your viewers today or your listeners today is this. When the enemy thinks better of us than we do, when he looked at them, he said they are more and mightier than we are. If there's a true awakening and we get our history right, we get our education right, we call it what it is, and we organize and we arise,
1: we can win and influence this nation like never before, Linda. Um, You know, that is exactly right, and I see many, many signs that people are – are rising up. Uh, The one way in which we are empowered without, uh, without bloodshed and without violence to make that difference is our vote. And uh, I I think many people are fearful and I wonder what your, your response is about the validity and um, the integrity of our coming election. What do you think?
0: I'm very, very nervous about what's uh, the attempt to federalize these elections. My, my position is, is very clear uh, in this critical moment that if we can go into a store wearing a mask or whatever we've got to do to go in and get food and this that, and the other, we have got to go out and vote. I'm very concerned if we move into a big melon ballot, the level of deception uh, we've heard all the horror stories of ballots being lost and millions of ballots being found in various different times over a period of years. That so we've got to do everything we can to push and make sure our churches are, in, are encouraged, equipped, empowered with voter guides, party platform comparisons to make sure that we turn out and vote. It's often been said this is the most important Next time. Well, I've got news for our listeners today. It, each election. From here on out, will be the most important election of your lifetime,
1: right? And uh, right.
0: nothing could be more hey be hanging more in the balance than this. And then let me say this: as it, as it would go to this this massive in ballots, when we see that some several million ballots have been found since 2012 that either didn't get processed or found or whatever, just the opportunities for deceit and deception um, exist. And, and let me make a strong statement uh, in talking about this. I look at those on the the far left who are fine with aborting a baby on the last day of its ninth month in the mother's room. And here's what I would say, if do I trust the situation? I do not, because if somebody that far left is willing to throw a baby at the end of 9 months in the trash, yeah. don't don't think they
1: wouldn't throw a ballot in the trash. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um Pastor Church, where can people find you? Uh, Do you have a website that people can go to? Uh,
0: Yeah, our church website, uh, vitm.com, threecourtalliance.com is our our ministry to to some of the pastors. And, of course, uh, most importantly, frc.org and watchmanpastors.org. We've got over 15,000 pastors nationwide, Linda, that have answered the call to be Watchmen on the Wall, to pray, preach, and partner together in this critical hour. and there's a We have a plethora of resources available uh, at the FRC site to equip and empower pastors.
1: Yes, FRC is a fantastic organization. I just thank you. I ask my listeners to pray for your efforts and to contact their own pastors. Tell them to get involved and to look up your websites, uh, Pastor Church. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Linda. It's an honor. And thank you for your voice and leadership in Mission America. And I encourage all of your listeners to support you in every way they can.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That means so much. Friends, this is is, uh, the 11th hour. He is absolutely right. Pastor Church is absolutely right. We have to rise up. First of all, you have to vote. Then you have to speak out wherever you can, social media, in your families, in your churches at the state level, at the national level, and pray, 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 but do not give up. Everything that has been said today is so prophetic and so hopeful, because just remember, friends, just remember that with God, all things, all things are still possible. I hope you get out and vote. I hope you have a really wonderful day and week.